What's up, everybody? It is Justin Truce and Dan Keeper back with another episode of Talking Football. It has been a minute since we have been on the mic together uh, once the season started going, and Dan is trying to show me something, Bobby Wagner. Whoa, okay, breaking news already. Already, we are 30 seconds in and some breaking news. Bobby Wagner being released from the... Seattle Seahawks. That is, that's nuts. So we will get into that here in just a minute. But like I was saying, we're back on the mic. We haven't been together since bowl season, really. That was the last time that we really like dove into stuff like this. So, um, but we're going to change things up since there's not a lot of betting to be going on since there are no games. Uh, Dan and I are very, very into fantasy football. You guys all know this. We've talked about this plenty of times. We're also very into dynasty fantasy football. We actually are in a league together, dynasty. This will be our first year, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we decided one to what'd be awesome to do a dynasty football podcast. So Dan, I've talked enough. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. Uh, love to be back. Sorry. I had to you know, we had this really nice schedule planned out for everybody. We have five minutes for this, 10 for that, 15 for this. And we started at a crisp time. So it was easy math. We're going along, you know, to keep on track. And once you know it, five seconds in, I had to throw us off. So, uh, hey, everybody, we'll be better in the future. We didn't want a perfect right away anyway, but we're here. And yeah, we're uh, both in playing fantasy football forever. I think as a community, or as a, uh, you know, something new, fantasy football has almost dove into dynasty being the more popular as it gives people the advantage to, hey, I can run my team better than these idiots in suits right now. And you do it. And I think that's what we both like, us both being in the same league now, uh, two very different teams, as you've had a chance to build a juggernaut and I got an orphan which was given up by someone for good reason. And uh, we're in the rebuilding phase. So this would be good as we go here talking dynasty values, how we would, you know, what picks we're looking for, what we give up for a player from two very different scenarios in the same league that we'd be vying for players. So I think it would give everybody a really good outlook on both sides uh, from a dynasty outlook, because unfortunately, as we know, if somebody's going to win, somebody has to, I wouldn't say lose, but win later, build yes. towards a win. Yes, for, for sure, for sure. Um, and I got to give you some props. Like you have some fantastic names. You've already changed your name multiple times in this league, but like right now you have a new hope, which is great. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big Star Wars guy or anything like that, but I get it. I think it's great. What was your name uh, under construction? Yeah, we were under right construction for a while. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, Every now and then I come up with some bangers. Like uh, when we first, uh, when we first brought our son home, I was uh, in another league. I was the mystery mouse Catools for a long time. It's uh, great. Made a championship run with Rashad Penny. So, oh yeah, that's how you know they're a good old squad there. But yeah, we're right yes. now we're a new hope. Me and Luke Skywalker, uh, hoping for hoping for brighter days ahead. I love it. I love it. So all right, so we're gonna just dive right into it. We're trying to stay on schedule here and everything. So. Here's where we're at. We are going to talk about some picks and how you value them um, away from the draft. And as you get closer to the draft, we're going to talk about some combined rookies. Um, we're going to start valuing them, even though we obviously don't know what teams are on because obviously the draft doesn't happen. But just off of skill set, where would you value them? Um, and then there's some other players that we want to value. Um, 
which is ironic because of the Russell Wilson trade today. We actually already had Russell Wilson on our rundown um, because you and I have gone back and forth on a trade for Russell Wilson. So I had to bring that in. Um, one player that we are not on the same page on is Allen Robinson. So we have to bring that up. And then there, we'll probably sprinkle in a few other players as we're going. And then we're going to start a new little segment where we both offer up a player and you say what you think their value is. That is what it's going to be. Um, we're going to start getting more involved in uh, social media on Twitter and everything. And we're going to want you guys to be going. So um, Dan, where do you want to start? Yeah, I'd say, Hey, let's start with what just happened. Let's talk about picks, rookie picks, and then kind of talk about how guys did at the combine and their rookie value. Uh, I should state for everybody, Justin and I play in what I, what we feel is the most common league for dynasty. And that is a 12 team league super flex. So uh, for everybody, in case you're not familiar, I'm just gonna tell you a 12 team super flex is you have 12 teams in the league. And then you have your regular lineup quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, your tight end, and then your regular flex position and a super flex, your super flex can be any player. So normally, you know, your flex can be your tight end wide receiver running back. A super flex can also be a quarterback. So very commonly, these are just referred to as two quarterback leagues. But if you really wanted to, hey, let's say you were stacked, you had Derrick Henry, a healthy McCaffrey, and an innocent Alvin Kamara. You could play all three of those guys, one of them in your super flex. So uh, when we're talking values, and we'll mention it later as we go on, but that's what we're using as a value point when we're talking about these players. So, hey, Justin, we made it through the combine. And right now in the life cycle of a draft pick, it's probably too late to go hunting for a 2022 pick without overpaying. Uh, right now is when you should actually be looking for those 23 picks. What I've noticed in my past, and feel free to chip in, is that as you get closer to the actual NFL draft and then your league's rookie draft, these picks exponentially grow in value as people get excited about the incoming rookies. You know, they are the new hope. Sorry, I'm on mute there. Yes, they, they really are the new hope. So, um, yeah, so like you said, draft, combines happened. A lot of, lot of good players. I mean, I'm got, with it being a super flex league, you usually want to start off with quarterbacks, um, how they looked, how they didn't. But I'm actually going to shift gears here a little bit and go to running back. Uh, you and I texted a lot about the running back position there for a bit. Um, so um, one player that caught my eye that ran way faster than I expected was Kenny Walker from Michigan oh my state. God, right. 4.38. What? I thought he was a four five guy. So I thought I. he was a four, five, four, five, two guy, you know, a little bit of bruiser. He gave me like his running style has such David Montgomery, Iowa state vibes. You know what I mean? He's, he's a bruiser. Thank he you. didn't catch the ball in college. He only had 19 receptions in, in college, you know, and Hey, let's, put credit where credit's due. He dominated Michigan state this year. He did. Prior to that, he was at wake, which runs a very unique offense to put it mildly. So this is the first time he's been in an offense that will show some similarity to an NFL offense. And he dominated. He absolutely dominated. He's going to get the one year wonder tag, but Hey, he's a running back. You want him to only have one year. Yes. So you're not you know, accumulating those carries. So yeah, Kenneth Walker's guy that completely blew my mind. I had him as like, probably tied for my running back two or three. Uh, I was an Isaiah Spiller guy, but he balled out. 
Absolutely. A 4-3-8 is mind-blowing. Uh, now, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but uh, how do you value the combine, Justin? Like, in terms of a balance, like a ratio between film and combine? Yeah, I mean, I still think I'm – and I maybe I'm even a little bit more. I know some people are like – combines like one or two percent and the, you know 98 99 percent film i'm probably 95 90 like i i really do put a little bit of stock into this like like this type of stuff like can you kenneth walker right like i would never have thought about this and that like makes you want to go back and watch games and be like shit like am I just missing that he's this fast or like, is it like, he just doesn't play that fast. Like you always have to remember, and I, I especially with like wide receivers too, um, where it's like, man, some of these guys can run this fast without pads on. And then with pads, they can run, they can't, you know, they can't run as fast. Um, but then there's some, the bigger guys that it doesn't matter if they have pads on or not, they're running the same speed, which is also, which is great. And Honestly, Kenneth Walker might be one of them. So, I mean, you have to put stock into it. Like they wouldn't do these things if they weren't, if there wasn't something to read, right? Like they just wouldn't do it. I, I know at the start, like they really did a lot of this stuff, like medical stuff. Like that's how the combine really started. And then they slowly have just let it grow. But yeah, I mean, like, it's not just something that I just watch and geek out about. Like, I, I think you have to put, you know, a certain amount of stock into it, but you don't put everything into it, you know, like. 40 yard dash is not that important for some positions as it is other positions. Um, you know, like the 10 yard split and all that type of stuff, three cone drill for, you know, defensive linemen and that type of stuff is like way more important, but at the same time, man, I'm, I'm all for it. So what, what about you? Yeah. Uh, I use the, I'm probably in that same like 95 film to 5% combine five or 10% combine somewhere in there. I use the combine almost as like a, like a double check as like my spell check. Okay. I know sometimes I get going too fast, spell a word wrong, need that spell check. Well, maybe sometimes in film you overlook something and the combines there says, Hey, 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 go take a peek at this. Like you said, Kenneth Walker is going to be, Hey, let's wrap this little segment around Kenneth Walker because we both thought he was a four five guy. turns out he's a four, three, eight. Now is that because he slimmed down and he got a little more explosive? Is he, you know, so I'm going to have to go back and check. I haven't had time, but I want to see his playing weight reported at Michigan State versus what he weighed in at the Combine. Because at the end of the day, what the Combine is, is the biggest job interview of their lives. So you look at guys like, uh, well, here's is Leo Chanel. Everybody on Twitter saw the Leo Chanel doing 8,000 bench reps at, two, you know, at 250, goes to the Combine, doesn't bench. But he ran a faster 40 than we thought. So in that case, he probably slimmed down. So, you know, guys were getting ready for their job interview. One of the big knocks on Kenneth Walker was doesn't have breakaway speed and doesn't have any, you know, hasn't caught passes. Well, if he slimmed down, he got that 40 in a very mind-blowing number, that 438. And in the gauntlet drill where they're doing the, you know, the receptions, he looked pretty good. So, you know, hey, let's cross these combine numbers with what we already know on film as a double check. And then let's use that pro day, compare what, you know, he, I guarantee he probably won't run a 40 at his pro day because he's, why would you? You already have that why four, would three, eight number. <laughs> exactly. So now he can bulk back up if he wants to do a three cone, wants to do his bench reps, you know, and stuff like that. And then he has a complete resume for teams as we get to draft day. Exactly. So I think, you know, it's a little bit of give and take in each drill. Uh, quarterbacks, I put absolutely zero stock in the combine. Because yeah. there's nobody in your face. There's nobody blocking for you. There's no de- – you're throwing against air. And there's no and rapport there's, with the receiver. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're throwing to receivers that you've never thrown to in your life outside of the off chance where a Desmond Ritter gets to throw to an Alec Pierce. So yeah, yeah, for me, pro day is what's important for quarterbacks, you know, as a large step down from actual film. Yeah. Yeah. Even NFL like and wider or sorry, quarterbacks like pro day, like everything's scripted and everything like more, it's more to see like, can he make every throw like, and like mm-hmm. pro days are like, okay, can he make the, the 17 yard out route? Right. Like one of the hardest throws, right? Like can, can yeah. he bomb at 60 yards on right. the, guess- on the move going left, right. Or going right, you know, depending on the quarterback. So totally agree. So I was just going to say, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. sorry, uh, but when you're talking pro days for quarterbacks, you know, I, I always think there's the, uh, the Josh Allen pro day, where it's a seven step drop. And then you saw him sit and almost like smirk. And then and you just heard this whistle gone. Yeah. And then like they went to commercial, came back and the ball came down 80 yards later. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if that ball has come down yet. Honestly. So, um, okay. So there's two, a couple other running backs I want to talk about real quick. One of them, your boy, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. Um, obviously ran a little bit slower than anticipated at the still four, four, six. Like let's, let's not act and I like think he, he was slow. But right. And uh, while we're talking about Jerome Ford uh, running back at a Cincinnati, I think a four, four, six is probably where you would want him as a running back that, you know, is over, you know, in that 215, 220 pound range. So he has, you know, a little bit of bulk on him. He's a guy that even at a shorter stature, he's thick, right? He's athletically built. So when I look at running backs, I always try to prioritize guys that I think have a three down skill set. So Jerome Ford at Cincinnati had that three down skill set, which is why I kind of pegged him as a day three guy I'm interested in. Uh, so, so for Jerome Ford, I was happy about the four, the four, four, the four, four, six, excuse me. Uh, the, his original time was like a four or five something, but there wasn't a single unofficial time that was in the stratosphere of being accurate. So I'm glad we got these official numbers and they make a lot more sense. They do way more sense. Totally agree there. Um, and then one that's a hot topic right now is the two Georgia running backs. Which one, right? Which one is there? So you got you got Zamir White and you got James Cook. Yes, the brother of Dalvin Cook. Um, one runs a four four zero and one runs a four four two. Cook being the four four two. Um, but I'll tell you, it feels like Cook's running style just fits the NFL better. In I, my, opinion. I was I was going to tell you, I know that the forty times. Are Zamir White at a four four flat and James Cook at a four four two? James Cook is faster than Zamir White. Like I, he just is. And this is where we is. talk about there's a difference in underwear speed and NFL pad speed. And James Cook is faster. I'm a James Cook guy. Uh, he's a top five running back for me in the class. I don't know how you sit on him, but I'm a huge James Cook fan. Oh, I was totally. happy to see that he that he got closer to that 200 pound mark because he played at like 184, 187. So it's nice yeah. to see him bulk up. And keep the speed because he was a legit, probably, you know, a four, three 40 prior to the combine. You saw him add 10, 12 pounds and he's still a four, four athlete, which is extremely impressive. Yeah. It's bonkers. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, okay. So there we are with running backs. And yes, we didn't even talk about Bryce Hall, everybody who is, RB one. So, so we, so we, we literally just talked about all these running backs and didn't talk about RB one in this draft, but one to what everybody else is talking about them. You, you may, I know you've actually, you've kind of been hiding that in our, in our text thread. Like I've said that multiple times, like, Oh yeah, Bryce, Bryce Hall here. And you've been like, yeah, yeah. I'm happy for you. If you do that. And I'm like, I, mean, I, shit. I just, I, I need to do a deep dive on Bryce Hall 
and get some more info. Uh, I'm looking forward to, we're probably by the draft going to do a deep dive in the running backs. So we'll move on, leave that as a, leave that as a teaser for later, but yeah, there's going to be some interesting talks at the top of this running back class as we get towards the NFL draft. There will for sure. So moving on over to wide receivers. Um, Are you ready to talk about our Lord and savior (laughs) Christian Watson? What else? You know, man, came in, talk about make we talked, he talked about the NFL Combine's a job interview. This dude aced it. Congratulations. Yeah. You're getting a senior executive job at the company day one, man. Six five, running a four, three, six, absolutely dominating every drill after looking good at the senior bowl. Whew. Yeah. And for those of you guys who don't know Christian Watson, he is from North Dakota State, so a smaller school. Um, so why this is even more important for him? Um, yeah, I mean, you guys love him. I know our boy Austin loves him and has been hyping him up since actually before the combine. Like that's been that's been AC's guy. So um, I know you love him. I'm not. I mean, I like him. I'm not saying I'm don't. I. I Part of it is this wide receiver class is honestly pretty stacked. Like there are so much talent here that like, maybe that's why I'm not like, so, you know, antsy about him, but cause dude, I love the Ohio state boys. I love Garrett Wilson and Crystal Olave. Um, that's no, that's not hot. You know, that's not anything news breaking. I mean, they're both projected to be first round picks, um, but I just love those guys. I think, I think they're fantastic i think that you know they both ran under four four as well four three eight for wilson and four three nine for alave which i actually thought was interesting kind of like the zamir white and james cook thing i think alave is quick faster than wilson like yeah when yeah, it's all absolutely. said and done i i do too um you know alave got the kind of has gotten a rap as being the slender you know vertical threat only kind of receiver even though I think he's probably a top three route runner in this class. Uh, oh, yeah. I really do. Um, so it, it was interesting to see Garrett Wilson just edge him out in those high four threes, but I'm happy for both of them. I think they're both studs. Uh, it's kind of crazy. And I know we've talked about this in the past and, you know, as we're kind of running short on time, trying to hammer through things here on this, you know, uh, teaser episodes, what's turning into for each of these groups. But uh, when we talk wide receivers in depth, I think there is such a gold mine to be had in what's going to end up being the second round of the NFL draft and the second round of your rookie drafts. So if you can find a way when you're working trades right now, if somebody will just like, like, Oh, Hey, you want to, why don't we swap? I'll send you a three. You send me a two back. Well, that move of 12, 14 picks up that you're going to have is going to let you get these guys that are going to be, you know, by default dropping down. Maybe you can get an Alec Pierce, either a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave. We talked about depending where they land. We didn't even talk about Jahan Dotson or uh, a guy Love. I really like in Jalen Tolbert. Oh, Tolbert. Yeah. I like, I like that as well. Um, I'm a big Dotson guy and it seems like a lot of people aren't, which is strange to me, but I, I like Dotson. I think, I think he's fantastic out of Penn state. Um, I, I love, he, I, I love his route running. Yeah, I think he's great. I think he's just one of those guys that just isn't talked about because you say Ohio State, you get to talk about two receivers, you know, and then if you're talking about you want another big name, people throw out Traylon Burks, who, by yeah. the way, had a good combine. He was never Fine. going to run a 4-4 flat, yeah. people. He's six foot exactly. five, 225 pounds. That's a that's goddamn Mike Kosecki standing out there. 
Okay. It really <laughs> Come is. on, it people. Really is. Uh, so yeah, um, I think uh, he's got some unfair criticism, but fine. Give me the discount on him all day. And uh, same for a guy I really like in David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue. I saw a uh, tweet and it was the, uh, the handshaking tweet. And yeah. it said, Keenan Allen, handshake, David Bell, discounted because of the combine. I was like, I'm not saying it's a comp, but, you know, Keenan Allen had a dog shit combine. It's Go so ahead bad. and look it up. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think he's been okay. He's been, I, I he's, he's been, been okay. Right. He's been all right. So, yeah, yeah. So if I can get a David Bell at the back end of round two or early round three, yeah, sign me up yeah. every day, twice on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I again, we're trying to get to our next little segment here, but I got to talk about one more player just because I love him, and that's George Pickens. Um, four four point four seven, um, out of Georgia. A lot of people thought he was going to be wide receiver one. Tore his ACL two years ago. This year coming back, first year back is obviously never easy. But um, him running that fast, um, I think that's great. I love his size. A lot of people being like, yeah, he's just AJ Green all over again. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but like, I really, really do like George Pickens. And I kind of get this, like, they're not the same player, but like this T Higgins type feel of like, just overlooked a little bit. Obviously Pickens is coming off the injury and Higgins wasn't, but like, I could just see him being a second round player. And then like, all of a sudden, like he just produces and everybody's like, oh yeah, we all knew he was going to produce. Yeah, yeah, of course he's good. We knew that. Yeah, so, of course, of course, you know, you're like, ah, but, but did you? So it's kind of like every, every, everybody's victory lapping about DK Metcalf. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went in the third round because everybody knew he was going to be good. Okay. Everyone knew. Yeah. Okay. okay. Whatever. Sure. Whatever. Right. Right. Um, gotcha. And then. That's about it. I, I mean, we got to get into our next. Yeah, segments, I mean, like, and like I said, we'll we'll dive deeper into these as we get closer to the draft. But because of time constraints, we gotta we gotta cut each other off. So uh, let's talk. Let's talk veterans. Yes, let's talk vets. So let's talk. Let's talk Russell Wilson, especially now that he's been traded. So um, we've had a lot of discussions about trades, just in general, about like people lowballing things, and like me fully recognizing that I do that sometimes, like not meaning to sometimes, but you just do it. I mean, like I kind of did with you with Russell Wilson before this trade, right? um, But like, but I just wanted to get a grasp of like where, where it's at. And I think that that's fine in fantasy. Like I I don't think that you need to like completely be like nothing realistic. And I just be Mm -hmm. like, just disrespect the person and they're not even interested, but like, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, so Trading, one of the best things about Dynasty is the ability to trade and you keep these guys forever, right? And it's a little bit of a dance. And that's what people like. You know, it's the it's yeah. the negotiating, it's the oh, I can, you know, can I can I get you to where you're emotionally attached to a player where I can just push you as far as I can to get the maximum value that nobody else but me can get for this guy, right? That's one of the draws. So when it comes to trades. Like you said, it's a very fine line to ride because nobody wants to be the, well, shoot me an offer. We'll shoot me an offer. But you don't want to price yourself out of a bigger return than you could possibly get at the same time. And like you said, you're also managing. You don't want to you know piss the person off at a deal that insults their intelligence because I've had situations, and I'm sure you have and many listeners have as well, where a guy will come and come at me with an offer and I'll decline it and I'll just send back to him. Like, what were you thinking? Like, 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 like why? One of my favorite questions to ask is if you were me, why would you accept that deal? Yeah. And the answer I got back was, ha ha, 
I don't know, just shooting out an offer. And it's like, okay, well, if you're going to waste my time, don't. Don't you know what I mean? I, I like trading. I, I love trading. It's one of my favorite things, but at the same time, you know, let's, let's have a mutual respect for each other and act like I'm not in kindergarten. Yes. So that's, exactly. I, I know that's not a real white and black way to say like, Hey, here's what I do for trades. But I think it is very much so like, Hey, I see you have player X, you have Russell Wilson on the trade block. I'm curious what you're looking to get for him or if there's anyone on my roster you like might be a good opening question. And then you can build a deal from that. Yeah. I mean, so in our league, and again, we're going to talk about our league a lot, everybody. So I apologize. I mean, it's just good like reference for us. You also have Dak, right? Um, My team, as you mentioned, I think I have a pretty stacked lineup, but quarterback, I am a little weak on, right? I'm riding Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. That was my plan during the draft was like, Hey, I'll, I'll find a way to trade for, you know, quarterbacks or draft them. I haven't yet um, given this only year two. So it's, it's new, but like my, my skill players are great. So I was like, Hey, Dan, let's talk. You're looking to rebuild. I got players, a lot of young players and I got draft picks. I also want a quarterback. We had a very good conversation. You were like, Hey, yeah, I want a first rounder. I want AJ Brown. I want Travis Etienne. Right. And I was just like, that is fair. I think that's a good offer. Honestly, I do, but I just cannot get rid of Travis Etienne without knowing what he actually is, right? Like we don't know what he is. I know, you know, and I also love the Tannehill, AJ Brown combo that I just didn't yep. want to get rid of. Right. And it was like, it's you know, a good we, stack. It is. Yeah. And we just moved on. Right. And it was, it was totally fine. I was just like, yeah, that's a great offer for you. I think it makes sense for both sides. I'm just not willing to do it yet. And that's a right. like, totally acceptable thing that people need to like also get through like in, in dynasty, especially in redraft, it's it's kind of different, but dynasty, like you have to think, like you said, you're keeping these players forever. <laughs> like, like, right? It, it's and great. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it's interesting. Like, how do you feel now? Russell's been traded, as everybody knows, to the Denver Broncos for a haul. Do you think his stock was gone up or down? Like by default in dynasty, his stock is going to go up because he's in the news and people are going to be excited about it. But from an actual projection standpoint. I'm curious how you feel. Um, yeah, so it's actually interesting um, because Nathaniel Hackett is going to be running that offense, and he is actually way more run heavy than pass heavy. And you can't be like, well, now that's going to change because he has Russell Wilson. No, he literally just had Aaron Rodgers, and he still was, you know, a pretty run heavy coordinator. Um, so. I will say, though, I'll say it goes up a little bit, and I know that Lockett and Metcalf are fantastic, but, man, like Sutton and Judy, Albert O, Javante Williams. I mean, I got, there's that just – Noah Fant went to Seattle. Oh, my God. Yeah, poor <laughs> guy. that Fant couldn't stick around. Uh, poor guy. So the way I look at it is that I think DK is better than Judy right now. And Judy's had the injuries and whatnot, but I I would put DK as a better receiver than Jerry Judy right now, but I'd put Cortland Sutton probably above an aging Tyler Lockett, even though Lockett is smooth. He's very smooth, but I, I think right now, like a healthy Cortland Sutton's probably just a hair better than a, you know, low thirties Tyler Lockett. I think he just is tight end Albert O for, you know, Gerald Everett's probably kind of a wash, maybe give the nod to Albert O. I think the offenses are going to be very similar. 
I think that the Broncos are going to bring back Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry, all the Javante Williams owners out there. I own him in a league too. I'm crying with you. But I think with, with that double-headed running back, you know, that committee, there's carries there. So the only thing working for Russell is the fact that I think in his division, six times a year, you're going to have Derek Carr, you're going to have Justin Herbert, and then there's that uh, that guy for the red team. So between yeah. those three, between those six games, I think there's going to be, you know, a lot of shootouts where Russell's going to have to produce. So I almost think the projections from the Seahawks to the Broncos is a wash. Like, I think you're going to get the Sam Russell Wilson. I think you're going to get anywhere from 30 to 34 touchdowns and, you know, 10 to 14 interceptions. I think like, you know, that's the guy you're going to get. I don't think he's going to reinvent the wheel and throw 50 touchdowns this year. I don't think we're going to get that. No. Um, I will say though, that like, I, as I agree that, you know, Metcalf over Judy and all that stuff, but I also kind of feel like guys like Jerry Judy might fit what Russell Wilson can do better. I mean, I kind of like that Doug Baldwin, uh, oh, yeah. Jermaine curse role. Like, like I, I just feel it. like that's when he was like, I kind of felt like that. And I honestly, I am still a firm believer that Jerry Judy was going to be a top 12 wide receiver last year. If it wasn't for the ankle injury, what week one, I think it just if derailed the entire season. I, I mean, dude, I even think with, with Teddy B like, Oh dude, let's put some respect on Drew Locke's name. You you and Austin okay you and Austin should do I don't a podcast. Know. I, I I am not saying Drew Lock is good. I am not. I'm just saying I I cherish when Drew Lock is on my TV, and it's not because he's good at playing quarterback. That's fair. I, I just that think he's fun. fun. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so so I'm right I, there mean, with, so I I can I guess, see that. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is I would probably yeah I think that I'd probably give up a little bit more for Russell Wilson now than what I would have yesterday. Right. Um, so okay, so if I was a win now team, I think if you're going after Russell Wilson to get back to the original question, look at us staying on topic. You know, hey, we're yes. keeping the schedule, no going off off the rails. If I'm a contending team trading for a 33 year old Russell Wilson, I think where I'm at in a super flex league is probably two ones and maybe like a mid tier younger wide receiver. Yes. It, that's probably where I'm at. Um, yeah, so totally. So like just trying to think through like, let's just say two ones, Michael Gallup. Yeah, okay. Like I can see the, or hey, if you could get like two ones and a young, because you probably want like a young receiver, you know, because if, if you're trading away Russell Wilson, chances are you're rebuilding. I would look and maybe see if you can get like an Elijah Moore is a guy I really like coming into a second year. Uh, There's the injury risk with Gallup. There's the, you know, I think he's going to get overlooked, uh, you know, because of the injury and he's going to be by default, the number two, where a guy like Elijah Moore could be the number one is just a guy as I'm looking through the receiver finishes from last year, a guy that really, you know, stuck out as a, Oh, Hey, you know, there's a guy that's on a team that should be, you know, moving up. So I agree. I actually went with Gallup because I actually value Elijah Moore ahead of Gallup. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, so that's actually why I didn't go that high. I actually was dropping down uh, actually about two tiers, but like, I just think that Gallup when, when Amari Cooper is gone, which is going to be happening any t- like literally wouldn't be surprised if it happens during this episode, like the, the way, the way, the way today yeah, is gone. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, so that's why I was thinking that. Okay. 
So that's about where we're thinking for Russell Wilson, a 33-year-old quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, now let's talk. I love the next player that you had as well, but we're going to talk A-Rob first. So me and Dan have been going back a ton because I'm trying to trade for him in one of my leagues. I just have so many draft picks. Um, I took over in my other dynasty league, took over a team, and I legit have like five second rounders this year. And I'm just like, I need to, I need to get some trades going. So um, I am like, okay, I would like the, the guy was like, uh, I tried to get just a straight up second rounder for a Rob um, guys like, no, I need, I need more than that. So he's like, I actually want two second rounders. And I'm like, okay, well, two second rounders is a little rich for me. He offered me like a 2024 fourth, like, okay, like that's not going to throw me. in. Yeah, that's a throw in. I'm like, I think I want to meet in the middle. If I could get like a 2023, so next year, third rounder, I think that I would be fine with that. A Rob, 2023, third rounder for this year's second rounder and a next year's second rounder. But you on the, you were opposite than me though. Like you do so, not believe in A Rob like the way. Well, okay, I, so it's okay. Let's put this into context. At that price, I don't believe in A Rob. Where I, I think your initial offer, which is a, early to mid two, I think that's my price. Like, like I feel good with that, especially when we just talked about the wide receivers in this upcoming class that we know this class, we don't know the 2023 class yet. You know, we might know two or three guys that are going to be in there. Uh, once again, Hey, it's going to be littered with Ohio state guys. But uh, when we look at this 2023 class, it's like a, would you, a, would you rather, okay. Would you rather have Allen Robinson or Christian Watson? Would you rather have Allen Robinson or Garrett Wilson? Allen Robinson than Garrett Wilson. Okay, so, so, so that's a question you need to ask yourself when you're talking about these picks. And if you'd rather have Garrett Wilson than Allen Robinson, like, okay, we don't know where either one's going to be playing yet. Yeah. So, you know, I think Allen Robinson's going to have a more instant impact because That's he's a so. veteran receiver, you know, he should hit the ground running versus with rookies. We know there is that acclimation period. And then you hope that during the playoffs, they get hot. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I'm right there with you. I think Allen Robinson is a, I'm perfectly fine sending an early to mid second round pick for him. Yep. Now, if I'm a rebuilding team, I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- that's right. I, I'm at an early two for him. Uh, on the flip side, I actually got two guys. I'm going to, you know, I'll save one for later. Save one for later. So now because of the Russell Wilson news, I have to ask. DeKalen Metcalf, commonly known as DK. What do you give for him not knowing the quarterback situation? So funny talk. Cause me and you were going back on this yesterday with him. Cause I am in the trade talks with somebody right now That's that right. want that wants to. And he was like, yeah, that he's like, okay, we're going to need to retalk about this. So full context. I just want Trevor Lawrence on one of my dynasty teams. Like, can I just have my guy on one of them? And so this league, I'm like, Hey dude, I want this. So the guy before yeah, before today, um, he was like, okay, I want uh 2023 first. I want DK Metcalf and I want 2.1 of this year. So basically, I mean, basically a first, right? 2.1. Um, and then he was going to give me Trevor Lawrence and a 2023 third rounder. Um, does this guy know you're a Jaguars fan? He does. Okay. So that's why the price is high. Yeah. That's why the price is high. Um, know your league mates, folks. It, it's very important. It's very important. And like, I've pushed off. I mean, like 
like he legit was like tried to offer me a first rounder and Trevor Lawrence for like Patrick Mahomes. And I just told him to fuck off. Um, <laughs> like, there we go like, e, hot damn. Yeah. And I was just like, wonder what, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be stupid. Like it, this is a long-term thing. I'm not going to ruin, yep. uh, you know, make it so it's not fun, but I'm like, at the same time, like I, yeah, I want Trevor Lawrence on one of my teams, like just one of them. I don't need him on both. So I'm trying to do this. And then he was like, okay, then he shifted gears because I also have Justin Fields on that team. So, which also makes you wonder, Justin, why me, Justin, why are you trying to get Trevor Lawrence when you have Patrick Mahomes and Justin? This is what we talked about is, you know, uh, or go ahead. Talk about the Fields offer. Then he offered, then he wanted, then he, he did the opposite of what we were talking about, right? Like he said, Justin Fields, a first and DK Metcalf. Me and you were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So, you know, I was texting him and, and I was just like, dude, well, Honestly, Fields is not that much lower than Trevor Lawrence in fantasy wise. So, like, I was just like, I would consider like Justin Fields in a second rounder for Trevor Lawrence. That's like, I, was like then, That's I don't, weird. I don't know if I'd feel great about that. Just no, you, there's a, there's a lot of variables, and Lawrence had one of the more, I mean, outside of Tua in recent memory, one of the more strange rookie years, where you know absolutely. there was absolutely zero support from the top down. Uh, you yeah. could write a book on the lack of leadership the Jaguars had from their head coaching position. If you know, you know. Um, so it's, you know, you would think that things are going to get better, right? But at the same time, yeah. both of them have a new coach in Fields and Lawrence. So like, yeah, they're right there for me. They are. Those two. And Fields has right the running. Now, it's, it's a wait and see. And Fields has the running. And I, yes, I understand Tre- Trevor can run as well, but Justin Fields has that like elite. Fields does run. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So like, that's why. And like, for me, I'm like a second rounder is probably honestly might even be a little bit too much on top of Justin Fields. That's not strictly like I'm willing to give up a teeny bit more because of fan fandom. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I actually like in my redraft leagues, like I usually never have Jaguars players. So I'm just like, but it's just like, it's Trevor Lawrence. I want one of them. Well, that's also true, but I mean, but let's not, let's not, let's not pretend that Blake Bortles Lawrence hasn't, let, hasn't exactly. led us to a, to a fantasy championship once or twice. Uh, so. You know, Hey, yeah, you're not kidding there. And so, okay. So for DK, what would you pay right now? Knowing that Russell Wilson is not his quarterback. Um, yeah, that, this is a tough one. Cause like you have no idea. Right. So like, is this, um, I would not be giving him first rounder. I would not be giving up a okay. first rounder for DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf or Allen Robinson? I think it's a very easy question. I think it is a very easy question. And honestly, I think I would choose, well, I guess it depends on where I'm at. Am I trying to win a championship now or am I, am I completely rebuilding? Well, I think, I think if you're in both scenarios, you could be going for DK because he's a, a young player. I think he's, he's only younger, but also so. But, this, okay, I mean, so so I think, the, but there are two price points. If I'm contending yeah. now, I don't know if I'm interested in DK at this price because I think if you're contending now, you're going to have to trade your first because it's going to be a yes. later first. Exactly. Okay, you just are. So what else could I get for that late first is the conversation you need to have with yourself. And I think you could go get yourself a more impactful receiver at that price. I do. You know, there could be a team that has a bunch of older players that are looking to rebuild and you can get a guy that's, you know, maybe later on. But I think the price is going to be higher for DK than it is Allen Robinson. And if you're willing to give up an early two for Allen Robinson, you should be able to give up a late one for DK Metcalf. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I mean, 
shit, man, they might end up with like Malik Willis in the draft. Right. And, hey, like, yeah. That, that, Who has a that, rocket that, arm? So it's like, you know, go get it, my man. Yeah, exactly. So it could, it, so it could t- turn out fine. So actually, from my conversation with this trade, I've actually kind of put it on hold for a minute. I'm just like, dude, I think it's smarter for all of us just to hold mm-hmm. up and like, let's just figure it out. So okay. yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of risk right now with DK. There is, there is. So one last question of just rank these players in fan, in dynasty. Yeah. Um, I guess you kind of just said DK this is all subjective, A-Rock. people. Remember this, yeah. this changes. This will change by next Monday. It'll change by next Monday because we don't, and why I'm doing this is because there's so many unknown on these three players, right? So we have DK Great. unknown, right? Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper. Oh my gosh. So I would go. Hey, hey how about this? Let's assume, and this is a bat. This is bad because I should never assume, but let's just assume Amari Cooper ends up with the Washington. I can't wait to do this. The Washington Commanders. First time I've got to say that on the podcast. So uh, Washington Commanders. So Cooper on the Commanders. And let's assume A-Rob ends up in Jacksonville. Okay, so then where, and then who's DK's quarterback if we're playing this game? Actually, we don't know who the Commanders well, quarterback is either, so that's fair. Uh, yeah. I would go DK because of the boom upside. Is when oh, DK balls, fair. he wins you the week. Yep. I would then go, I actually think that, Cooper and Robinson are sneaky, similar receivers. Uh, So I would go Cooper because of the prolonged and recent success. Whereas Robinson had the, and we don't know, we don't know if it was Robinson. We don't know if it was Nagy. We don't know if it, we don't know. We don't know last season for Allen Robinson. So, but because of that, there is an unknown. So I would rank these DK Cooper Robinson. And I like Allen Robinson people. Okay. Don't, don't paint me as a hater. I I like him. You, you hate uh, him. It's fine. It's fine. It, it's I, all right. I just, if I could give him one thing, it's quarterback play for once in his career. Yeah. I, I would give that to him. I know. Seriously. Really. I mean, like I, I actually used to like be totally on that train as well, but like, I can't get over the fact that he actually chose the, the bears over he went to the Chicago, Packers. Man. Over the, like he chose them over the, the Packers offered him literally, I think more money than what the bears did. And he chose the bears. Like that, hey, that's Alan. on him. That's on him. Alan, buddy. I know you're listening. A Rob shout out, uh, go to green Bay now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Just, like just go to do green it Bay now. now. Do it now. And then that, then that ranking might shoot a Rob might be on the top. Uh, a so, thousand percent would be like not even. How, how do you stack those three? Um, honestly, I would say Amari Cooper, then DK, then a Rob. I'm big. I'm okay. a big Amari guy, dude. Man, like he's I like, like what, five or six thousand yard receiver. Yeah, I think right, he's extremely underrated. Seasons. He is. You and I have been talking about him in text a lot. Like, yeah, he's perfect for Tua or Trevor. Like he, exactly what he did for Dak, he can still do. He's only mm-hmm. twenty eight. Like he still has. Like he's still right. two more years away from that dreaded thirty. Exactly. And like, uh, so we talked, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, you're a Jaguars fan that, you know, either of those teams, if they were to absorb him, granted, Hey, I got to give credit where credit's due. New England has also been rumored as a suitor, but all three of those teams, well, maybe not New England, but Jacksonville and Miami could both absorb that $20 million salary for two years. Like nothing, nothing. You, so no big deal. if they didn't want to let him hit the open market and just trade for him, keep him under contract, they totally could. He is like could. 
Absolutely. So, okay, cool. We are a teeny bit over, but we're doing pretty dang good on keeping, keeping to our, our little sheet here. So we both are going to offer up a player and you're going to just tell us, you know, what, what would you do? Give? What, what would you want? What would you give? Um, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? So we already actually um, kind of mentioned my player. So I'll, we'll just keep that. So why okay. don't you give me the, what you would sell him for and what you would buy him for, for Amari Cooper. Cause that was going to be my guy. Cause that's a, once again, a player that has a lot of potential gain here market wise in the next two weeks, as well as a, you know, a potential loss in his stock. So right yeah. now, what would you tr- tr- buy and sell Cooper for a late first? Um, and honestly, probably more like late first and like later picks, like throw in like a fourth, fourth, is that what you'd, third. you'd buy him for. That is what I would, that is what I would buy him for. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you're selling and if I'm selling, um, honestly, I would try to, I would try to attack. There's always that one person that has a ton of picks, right? I would try to attack it and try to get two seconds. Okay. In the, in this draft class, I would try to get two seconds. And then if you could sneak out like even a third next year, because next year is going to be pretty deep as well. Um, try to yep. get another pick. So try to get it so you can absorb. Like we said, we just named off a thousand wide receivers in this draft class that we're high on. Try to get two of those guys have another pick for next year. Um, because again, and I would try to do that, you know, somewhat soon until sometimes you want to attack these players before you know where they're going, because like you can get them cheaper for like, than what they would go. Right. Like imagine if Amari Cooper gets dropped by, by Dallas and then literally 24 hours later, it's like, all right, Aaron Rodgers has another wide receiver opposite of, you know, you know and then, you know, he's going to be Robin again. He's not going to get a chance to be Batman. So like yeah. his value would drop because there's not that, you know, for his team being that, elite wide receiver that number one target share where he would be in like a Jacksonville or Miami or, Miami. you know, or uh, the Patriots, you know, a yep. team where he'd come in and beat the guy. So if you can sell him for the guy price right now, you got to think about it. Yeah, exactly. So where are you at on that? Like, I'll like, uh, I, I like your answer quite a bit. If I'm buying him, I think it's going to take a late one and then, you know, a, a sweetener, you know, those, third or fourth round uh, rookie rookie pick if i'm selling him honestly i'm probably gonna want a mid first which is crazy or what i would do is like you say if you can find that guy with a bunch of picks next year go grab a couple 2023 ones because right now people aren't even thinking about 2023 yeah. But hey, that quarterback class is looking pretty good. So if we're talking super flex, you can get some first round picks and grab those quarterbacks. We just talked about Trevor Lawrence had a bad rookie year and you still, the guys are still looking for two ones plus for him. So yeah. this is how you start to take, you know, take an asset that's worth maybe a first right now, push it off a year. And then in two years, that asset's worth two or three first round picks. And that's how you build a dominant roster. And we'll, we'll spend more time, you know, as the off season goes, we got all summer folks talking about how, you know, our strategies and what we've done and what we've seen of building continual contending dynasty teams. But I think this is a, this is a good example of how you can plant a seed now and then harvest that crop in a year or two. Yes. A thousand percent. Okay. So I'm going to cheat. I have two guys and I'm very curious on for you. Um, so let's start off with a guy that I've already mentioned guy that you tried to snake from me but let's just start off with travis Etienne because <laughs> he obviously didn't play in his rookie year 
Yeah, so uh, I think ETN, who was probably – I got him in the second round of a draft last year, and I, like, did a backflip and giggled myself silly. I think, you know, he's going to – James Robinson's hurt. He's not going to play next year without Achilles. He might never be the same. You know, they're probably don't know. He, so right now, right not now, a fast it is player. ETN. Like, right now, it's ETN. Dude that's already slow, now a torn Achilles, like, people are not understanding, like, how bad this was for James Robinson. Right. And I – hey, we both love James Robinson – Yes. Uh, he was a, you know, a, a darling, a guy that you called out early, as a matter of fact, before he had the big breakout two years ago. But for ETN, this was a guy a year, you know, hey, coming off the injury, it was Liz Frank, if I remember right. Yes, correct. Okay, so something we saw Derrick Henry come back from in 20 minutes, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, shout out ETN for not having to play last year and actually being healthy, healthy. I would buy him in that same window that probably – if in 12-team league, anywhere from the 107 to the 112, I'm feeling comfortable with because I know where he's going to be. I know Doug Peterson likes to run the ball, and I know he's the guy, and he still has that game-breaking speed we saw at Clemson. So I think uh, the Jaguars are going to attack the offensive line and free agency. Peterson has always built teams from the trenches out. Those Philadelphia teams had a dominant offensive line and a dominant defensive line. So if Jacksonville can get a good to mediocre offensive line, which would be a vast improvement over last year, and then ETN gets the lion's share of the carries, plus he has a very good pass-catching uh, profile, yeah, I think this is a guy that he would be RB1 in this class easily. Easily. So, yeah, I would have no problem sending, now that I talk to it, anything from the 105 back, I, I'd be perfectly fine sending. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Do you now have this him one, in our league, or can I go trade for him? I have You him do have him. him. Yeah, yeah, I have him in ours. Yep. Um, okay. I'm all excited about it. Now I got to check the other yeah. league, see where he's at. Dude, yeah, I'm, I, I'm like all in. Like he, He's going to be so hyped right now, though. It's crazy. Um, what about Deontay Johnson? For the Pittsburgh Steelers. As. <laughs> no, uh, so yeah. Huh. Deontay is a bulk play. You know, yes. it, it, he got a, a gazillion targets. So honestly, for Deontay, I'm not his biggest supporter because of the drops and the amount of targets he needs to be relevant. Granted, drop, I do think the drops, last, he only had year, like two last year, he only had like two he, drops last year. Oh my God. I feel like I just watch him drop passes it, all the time. Like how do they count drops? Does do you have to touch it or is it a ball so, that you could have got to that you just didn't? So I will say drop the drop rule is stupid in the rule because like they say like LaVisca Chanel only had five drops last year. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I watched that dude drop three a week every Sunday. Like he had, he had a minimum 37 drops like minimum so uh so i do think that baseline core a baseline for Deontay has been established with very bad ben roethlisberger the last two years uh so i do think that basically anyone not named mason rudolph will be an improvement maybe a matt corral at the same time if you have a rookie quarterback come in it's not going to be great they're going to lean on Najee regardless. So honestly, I think he's actually the number two target in the offense. Um, so I'm probably at a second. But right now, I would rather have Allen Robinson than Deontay Johnson. How's that? Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, but listen, I'm not a Deontay guy. You're I'm, not I'm, a Deontay I'm, guy. 
So I will say like, so there's a guy in one of my leagues, put him on the block and you know, I, anybody that puts on the block, I'm like, okay, let, let, let's fill this out. Let, let's see here. Right. And like, he is like, yeah, it's a first rounder. Like yeah. it is a first. And I'm just like too much unknown without knowing the quarterback. Yep. Like if they end up getting shit, a Malik Willis, I know I, we've mentioned his name like 19 times on this episode now, but like, it actually is rumored that the Steelers like are in love with him. So I guess this one fits a little bit more. Like if they got him, I could see a light first. I could see the argument. Okay. Now, like at that same time, like, okay, let's say the Steelers would have pulled the Russell Wilson trade today. I'd send a first for Deontay. Oh, if I knew there was going to be a, a high level starting quarterback there that greatly <laughs> increases the value. But right now there's unknown. So I'm playing as what would I give for him? And you know, we don't know that whoever the new quarterback is, is going to hyper target him. Maybe Juju comes back. You know, maybe they draft a receiver. Chase Claypool's still there. We don't know who the new buddy system is going to be. You know, Hey, yeah. here we go. Whatever quarterback they have, if he's a Bible guy, whoever goes to Bible study, uh-huh. that's the new thing in the NFL. That's who's going to get the target. So you got to find his Michael Pittman. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So there's your callback. Yeah. There's the callback. Yeah. So shout out to, established the run with the bible narrative thing it was them that came up with that we just like the we just like the leverage because we think it's hilarious but bible study one to what russell wilson we all know that he is very into it so is Cortland sutton so it's Cortland oh, no. sutton now this year okay uh what if carson wentz is the quarterback for the steelers what are you giving up for deontay i i just don't want him like <laughs> i have i have him in our league that's i'm trading i'm trading him i'm trading him if that's the case oh uh, right yeah, so like that's you know we're talking about if they get a rookie quarterback in what is perceived to be a down rookie class, we're still willing to give a late one, early second. If they get one of these quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks that's left, a Carson Wentz that's rumored to be on the move, and yeah. Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph was already in house, probably just out, just completely out. Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, you know. It, it's weird. I'm actually not a big Chase Claypool guy. Never have been. But honestly, I think I'd like Claypool more if if Wentz was there. Like Wentz likes the big bodied wide receivers. Yep. So I'm like, I'd kind of be more in on Claypool than I would be than normally. So fantasy is a weird game. There's so many, there's so many things that you look at. That's why we love it though. That is it is. It that's is. it. Uh, so, so hopefully we'll uh, now that we've done our teaser episode and you know what hey we are still in time by the way by two we are we're doing well (laughs) we're doing well uh so as we go through these episodes they'll be more focused on one to two topics for our hour uh tonight we threw a lot at everybody so hey thank you for bearing with us i'm sure you can tell we are incredibly excited we We trace and i have been texting i mean we've made the joke at least two or three times a week that the first podcast, we're just going to sit there and read our texts out loud because it's literally podcast content. Uh, so we're very excited. Hopefully we're going to bring you guys a lot of uh, information that you can use to build these championship dynasty rosters that everybody loves to hear about when you're hanging out with family and friends. Uh, if they say they don't hear, want to hear about your fantasy team, they're lying. Just keep telling them about your fantasy team. Trust yes. me. They love it. They do. Everybody they cares. Do. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading over how Bobby Wagner is getting released again. <laughs> yeah, that's like, just mind blowing, man. That like what? Like, ha- huh? Like, I don't know. So, if you're Bobby Wagner, how fast do you go to Denver? Just, I was just it, about to like, say, to hell with it, dude. Like, why not? 
yeah, you go to Denver. You, also, you're closer to home, Utah State boy. Like now you're, you know, now you're a drive. Now you're driving distance. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. The possibilities are unlimited. And- Oh God, that well played, <laughs> well played, love it. Um, so yeah, um, basically, I mean, we're right at time now. So everything that Dan said, basically, like we're super excited about this. We're gonna we're gonna get at this. We're gonna keep doing. Um, next week though, actually, I I'm just gonna break the news now. So we had a great conference call this this afternoon with Dan, myself, and Austin. Um, and by conference call, I literally just mean like a quick FaceTime that was like 10 minutes long. Um, but we, we talked about this year and what's going on. So Dan and I are going to be doing this podcast, the, the dynasty portion of it. Like we, we love it. We're going to continue to do it. We're going to, you know, once the season gets going, it might not be every single week, you know, but like during this summertime, it absolutely is going to be as much as possible. Cause we just love talking about it. Once the season starts, we are going to be doing our podcast. We're going to be recording. We're going to set the date and everything. We're going to record on Wednesdays. It's going to come out on Thursdays. That's what it's going to be. And it is going to be not just myself, not just me and Dan, but it is going to be all three of us, me, Dan, Austin, all together, three guys, one podcast. I think that's already a podcast name, but that's kind of cool. Um, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to do a betting show. Like we are going full Full bet mode. It's going to be awesome. You're going to hear three different dudes, just favorite parlays. We're going to win some this year. Now that I'm closer to Vegas, literally making those bets every single week. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I, uh, you say that as we're using the same sheet that we use for our, uh, as a rundown for our betting podcast. So I can once again stare at the fact that you edged me out uh, last year in betting. So I haven't forgot. We're going to put in the work. We're coming this year. Uh, and we're, we're going to get you. We're going to get you. If it makes you feel better, I purposely didn't delete that so you can see it. I know. Um, you can ask. I would have done the same thing. You can ask Austin. I still have the 2019 leaderboard on our bets. <laughs> he, every time we go oh, get into that, she, he has to see 2019, 20, and 21. Three years straight of me whooping his ass. So you know. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to fix that, folks. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't wait for you guys to lose again. So, anyways, we're gonna get back at it. We're gonna dive into some great topics dynasty wise next episode but um we might even do a a podcast with us three next week that's just a mock draft um so we might even get into the mock draft world right now because that's that's the craze is what i hear i I hear everybody just eats that shit up the people the people like it people Uh, there's uh so hey detroit fans don't worry we may or may not give you malik willis at two i uh, saw everybody on on watch today when that news dropped so yeah it'll be good yeah It'll be great. So anyways, we appreciate you all. And tonight we've been talking football.